This is Worship God, a podcast of the Gospel Coalition Canada. Worship God is designed to equip worshipers and worship leaders for Christ-centered worship. Welcome back to Worship God, the Gospel Coalition Canada podcast on worship that helps equip worship leaders and worshipers to have Christ-centered worship and to be thriving as uh, servants in the church for the body of Christ. Welcome back. My name is Jody Cross. I'm the lead pastor of South Shore Bible Church in Barrie, Ontario with me today. Distinguished gentlemen, great guys, good friends, Rob Brockman. He is associate pastor at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Aurelia. And all the way in the West Coast is Mr. Pat Sabell. He's the worship pastor at Midtown Church. Guys, good to have you back. Glad Uh, to be here, Jody. Always good to be here. We actually, you know, you guys who are watching us on uh, online, Rob and Pat and I have never all been in the same room ever yeah. in our lives, at least not that we know of. Uh, Pat and I talked about in one of the episodes that probably back in the early 90s, we were in the same room but didn't know each other. Right. And Rob and I actually met about four years ago and are now working about a half an hour away from each other and just recently reconnected. So yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll do like a live in one city session or something. But we all got to fly to fly to BC. Come and on, we'll bring some cameras and yep. then we'll sit down. Where else? Like, come on, we got to do this. That's yeah, it. where else? Yeah, we don't want to come here. <laughs> I know you're a little bit jealous, Rob, because because Pat and I are actually going to be yeah, in the same city in about a month. <laughs> I know, but we'll be thinking about you. We'll zoom you in or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> today's episode is on spontaneity. And it, it would have been really fun if we had just showed up and said, what are we going to talk about? Let's just talk about spontaneity, spontaneously. Let's not plan anything that we're going to say, but yeah. we have actually put a few thoughts on paper. But I was going to ask you guys, as uh, just general in your personality, are you more planned in your personality or are you more spontaneous? I was thinking of, you know, when you go on a trip, some people have this detailed plan, a four-day trip, you know, what hotels you're going to stay in, you know, what, what time you get up, where you're going to have <laughs> breakfast, you, you got it all planned. And there's other people who just say, we're going and we'll drive to Thunder Bay and then we'll find a place to stay and then we'll decide whether we, you know, stop somewhere in Winnipeg. Are you guys, Rob, what are you? Are you more the, the plan guy, the detail guy? Or are you just like, let it go, let mm. it flow? Certainly, I think COVID has made me more planned and structured. Um, I think by personality, I am just a bit more, I, I like I need to loosen up. Like that's generally the, what I hear from my wife is you got to loosen up. And I think it's true because I do, I'm not great with changes in plans. Like when I make a plan, when I go like, okay, this is what we're doing today, or this is what I'm, this is where we're eating tonight. Uh, if that changes, I tend to get a little grumpy, which isn't good. So yeah, it's, it's uh, not according to, to plan. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? This is a good podcast for you. Maybe it is. Maybe we can stretch you a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Pat, which one are you? Oh man, I was uh, you know, to the extreme, off the cuff, uh, just mm. would fly by the seat of my pants. The early days of our marriage and uh, young, young, young children, crazy. All my vacations were like that. My, it drove my wife crazy because she's the well, mm. very structured. But, um, you know, we we'd pull into a city and go check out 15 hotels because they were all all full. And that's just not, that's just not a way to do things when you got a two two year old in the no. car. Um, so, but I'm telling you, I it with age, um, I I hopefully have becoming becoming uh, with age wiser, uh, and and there's something of structure that I love now. 
uh, I couldn't fathom to take a vacation to this day <laughs> without having hotels planned or set aside mm-hmm. and, and pre-booked. So yeah, uh, I've grown a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm, I'm a little bit of both. I, if you see my journal, my, my uh, day book, you'll see I love, I love uh, charts and I love plans and, and I love structure. I love structure. But I think personality-wise, I'm also pretty spontaneous. So tipping probably a little more to the structure. And it's interesting as we think about how worship leading uh, um, incorporates both spontaneity and, and planned leadership. I wonder how much of that our personalities just naturally come into that. Mm-hmm. If you're a completely spontaneous person, probably is going to be reflected in the way you lead. And as Rob has already said well, that maybe we, we need to grow one way or another. Mm. Or Pat, you and I were talking offline just that there's something latent in us, maybe even the more spontaneous stuff that we want to get in touch with again, that we want to explore a little more and just kind of have some freedom so that's what our discussion is about today and hopefully we can and uh spur each other on to love good deeds planning and spontaneity mm-hmm. uh so rob i want to start with you today uh you know help help us to understand this tension in in uh, worship leading particularly as it pertains to the worship service help us to understand this balance between planning and spontaneity which which what are you good at and and uh why do you advocate for that and what do you need to grow in yeah, so certainly I think when we, we see look at the two sides, spontaneity, planning, I think for me, I certainly feel like I have a good grasp around why is it good to plan. I think that's where I just generally kind of go, yeah, I kind of, I, in my nature, I I think I used to be kind of like Pat, like I used to think that spirit-led equaled spontaneous um, and often spontaneous looked like unplanned. So that was kind of my default. And so I'd kind of, I would kind of go into a situation, let's say a worship leading situation. I'd plan some songs, but I'd always go like, we're going to see and just let the spirit in an unplanned way move me, stir me to lead me to do whatever to say this or that. And, but now after years of corporate worship and leading gatherings and training up worship leaders, I've often seen how being unplanned can actually get in the way sometimes of what we're trying to do in our gathering. Um, like I think of the, our famous Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is in the habit of some, but encouraging one another you know, part of what we're doing when we're gathering is coming to stir up, to encourage, to bless the Lord, to edify one another. And so I think I think planning is important in that. Now, I'm not saying you can't, you know, spontaneously encourage somebody. But I do think if that's the task, and it's a holy task, it's a holy endeavor. If the task is, man, we're here as a body to come together, to engage with one another, and to encourage one another... You know, maybe if I'm up there and I'm kind of stumbling in between songs and I'm kind of uh, fumbling because I don't really understand the plan of the service or where we're going, that can kind of eat away at maybe some of the opportunities I have Mm. to really edify and encourage the body as a worship leader. And so I think for me, I've really come to value more this concept of being planned. I think even to a a deficit at times, I, I look back on some worship sets that I led because everything's recorded now uh, a couple years ago. And I was like scripting everything. And I just looked like I was reading. 
And I'll still see some worship leaders who really just look like they're on stage and they're reading their script. Mm. And again, we're pastoring, we're shepherding people. Eye contact is important and engaging with people is important. And so I've now shifted away from just scripting things too much to actually getting a sense of what I want to say. So there's still forethought, but then in the moment, just looking at people and saying it, and maybe if I don't say things perfectly, that's okay. <laughs> so that's a, a sense, that's a way in which now I've kind of tried to address my over-planning to, mm. a, de- to a detriment and try to kind of mm. add in a bit more of that spontaneity, which I still need in other areas, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. I, I appreciate what you're saying. And um, I know that one of the things I've said as a bit of a motto is that when complexity grows your structure needs to grow if you're just leading worship by yourself you don't need as much planning but if there's seven other people and three people at the tech board the planning and the structure needs to actually go up so that you're you're not all going seven different directions Mm. Um, and so there's definitely a a big case for planning and and uh you know that's a great thing pat how about you why don't you tell us about uh just the importance of spontaneity in worship leading Mm. Yeah, I mean, first I would say, you know, the whole thought of planning is is God speaks to us in our planning, too. So um, we, we never— Spirit-led, wa- spirit-led planning. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think spontaneity has everything to do with uh, the John 15 text of, of abiding. Mm. Um, you know, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me um and i think when we're when we're thinking in terms of spontaneity um we 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 have a plan we've we've prayed you know my my wednesday is set aside to pray and seek the lord and 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 come up with songs and it's amazing how often when i'm looking at the text that's being preached and and portions of my liturgy or my songs uh, I'll I'll be a little bit surprised where because I don't ever get Norm's sermon notes. I don't know where he's ending up, but how often to see that 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 time that was very intentional uh, planning, how the Lord used that. But at the same time, and I think that's that's because you know you're abiding, <laughs> abiding in Him in communing with Him. He can speak to you on Wednesday as well as He can speak to you in the gathering. Sure. Um, but then when we gather, there's something significant about that. When when we gather, we, we're gathering as a church to encounter God. Just think about that. God is present among us, and mm-hmm. He's a speaking God, and He wants to. And so I I I think it's vitally important that we understand that. Um, and, and I've been, I think I was just sharing, I think with the guys before we came on here, I've been convicted of this lately that, uh, there's, there's been less, uh, anticipation or expectation when we gather and that there, there's a danger sometimes of our planning because we plan so well, therefore we, we, we don't need to expect or have anticipation. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, we want to make sure the spontaneity comes from abiding. Spontaneity will come from in in, a, in when I'm leading worship. It will come from a place of expectation that God, God is present and God, God wants us to encounter Him when we're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Fresh and fixed all at the same time. I 
And these things work together. And in uh, Worship God, Bob has these, this chapter on tensions. And I think this is a healthy tension in worship leading that, that both of these things are important. Yeah. And we want both of them. For example, you've heard of this, this uh, tension between head and heart. Uh, you know, all head, uh, you dry up, all heart, you blow up, that kind of thing. You know, we could just kind of say tongue-in-cheek that the Baptists need the Pentecostals and the Pentecostals need the Baptists mm-hmm. as we tip one way or another to our head, a.k.a. planning, or to our heart, spontaneity. Right. And uh, we work together with these things and just allow them to be part of what God does. Um, and we want to be open both on Wednesday when we plan to what the Lord would do, but also to say to the Lord, and I've said this many times, God, would you break into this script, if this script, this service order with it maybe even being timed down, to the, to the minute or whatever. Lord, break into the script. Do something. I prayed often, God, do something that's off the page. You have yep. permission to skew our plans. Yeah. And uh, Lord, you're not you're not roped in and, and constrained by what's on this piece of paper. Um, so as we explore spontaneity today, Rob, why don't you help us to understand what, what could this look like um, in, a, in a worship service? Maybe start small and we'll, we'll <clears throat> kind of explore a little bit. Sure. I think... Maybe it's helpful to start because it could look like a thousand things, maybe what it doesn't look like. And I think, you know, in in this conversation of spontaneity and planning, there are guide rails that the scripture gives us about kind of what do our gatherings look like and what should they look like. And we don't want to step over those. We don't want to fall out of them, which sometimes we can. We can be so scripted and so, you know, focused that we make no room for someone to bring a hymn or someone to bring a word, you know, like the scriptures say. So I'm thinking of 1 Corinthians 14. It's a beautiful chapter. It gives us a lot of guide rails on worship. And one of the key guide rails that I often think about, and sometimes I can I, I do get concerned when I see spontaneity, is this concept of causing confusion um, and kind of chaos in our gatherings. Um, 1 Corinthians 14.33 literally says... Um, that God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. And he's speaking specifically about what's going on in our worship gatherings. So this isn't like out of context. This is what's happening when we gather. Paul saying, hey, God is a God of peace and not not as a God of confusion, which is why if someone's got a tongue, like don't have 18 people tonguing it over here too. You know, like you got to have an interpretation. And if someone's got a prophecy, let the other prophets wait as it's being spoken. And if someone's got a song, let's sing it together. So there's a sense in which there is order. And I think this is, this is an exhortation that explains um, why we are singing. So maybe it's taking a moment and making things clear for people, helping them see, hey, we just sung this you know, praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Like the Lord is inviting us to worship him this morning. He is the King. That is an exhortation that helps not make things confusing. Mm. I think a lot of times people don't know why we're singing the songs that we're singing. We just get up there, we sing four songs and people don't understand the threads. So having something, having a word like that is a good way to, to erode confusion, to erode a lack of clarity. And so I think, something or maybe explaining to newcomers why we're doing something that is another good way to again get rid of confusion and make things clear so that's one thing i would say you know god is a god of clarity and peace and not a god of confusion but secondly first corinthians 14 20, 26 
says this, let all things be done for building up. The whole idea here is that we ought to have a sense where everything we're doing is doing something intentional and it's building up people. It's edifying people. It's encouraging people. And so perhaps this is maybe set setting down on a bridge of a song. We sing a great part of the song and then we just take a moment and we, we help dive and drive into the truth that we're singing. Maybe it's a time of, confession you know one of the one of the best parts i like about the service is coming out of the sermon when i'm up there and i've got maybe we got a song planned afterwards or a couple songs that moment of exhortation can be so powerful you've got a moment to lead people into response to lead people into this time and so having i i never script those moments generally speaking i'm going to sit i'm going to listen to the sermon i know the song we're going to but then in the moment, I'm going to allow the tone of the sermon and, and the message of the pastor who's preaching and, and the way that he's leading. I'm going to use that and bring us into this moment of response. And that is going to be an encouragement. That's going to be edifying to people. It's going to offer the opportunity for the spirit to speak. And so I would say those are two kind of ways in which we can think about um, what spontaneity looks like, understanding these guide rails. You know, we're going to create some clarity. We're going to try to drive towards clarity and edification. And I think that's helpful in this conversation of spontaneity. Mm. Make sure that it's mm. seeking to do those things. You're seeking to bring clarity, not confusion. <laughs> and you're seeking to edify the body. I would say those are two things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. I, I would say here, uh, this is this would be a great time to hear from the doctor, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. Mm. <laughs> uh, listen to what he says. Uh, this is, He's speaking about preaching, uh, but I think it applies very much to a worship leader. And this is, this is one of my favorite quotes, and I, I keep it before me all the time. But <laughs> it says, seek him, seek him. What can we do without him? Seek him, seek him always. But listen to this, but go beyond seeking him, expect him. Mm. He says, do you expect anything to happen when you get up to preach in the pulpit? Seek his power, expect this power, yearn for this power, and when this power comes, yield to him. Do not resist. And I love this part. Forget all about your sermon if necessary. Let mm. him lose you. Let him manifest his power in and through you. Mm. <laughs> and I, I just think, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm a scripter. I, you know, Rob, I, I think there's a lot of young guys out there that really it would do them well to script. I remember mm. my dear friend Bob Coughlin. Uh, early on in my days, I would get up and I was full of Jesus, but I didn't have a lot of good things to say. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just babble on. I would just like, you know, hey, it's so good to everybody here. And then, you know, you just, you're just chatting. And, and sometimes it's like Bob, my, Bob taught me a long time ago. He says, if, you, if, if what you're going to say is not going to lift people to a greater sense of wanting to worship God, please keep your mouth closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. I, and I think... Too many worship leaders feel like they got to talk, but they have nothing to talk about. Mm. And, and, and so that's the, the plan and the structure. 
But at the same time, uh, you know, just a, a, a recent example, you know, I, I have a, a liturgy on Sunday. Uh, we, have, we do a corporate confession of sin every Sunday with, with an assurance of pardon. And we came out of the corporate confession of sin uh, into the assurance. And I, had, I just had a sense that I needed to go off script. And I felt like there was people in the room that didn't believe that, that mm. uh, assurance of pardon that they were so weighed down by their sin that even though that that word of assurance was spoken over them, they were sitting there under that weight of condemnation and saying, uh, and I just said, if you're here this morning, I feel like there's people here this morning that you just, we just uh, did a responsive read that the Lord has not forgotten you, that the Lord has engraven you on the palm of his hands. Uh, but you're there, you're sitting in your seat and you're saying, no, it can't be true in light of this week or yesterday's sin. Mm-hmm. And I said, if that's you, would you lift up your hand in the room? And there was hands all over the place. And I said, mm-hmm. now we're going to be the church. So why don't you, you know, gather around those people, lay hands on them and pray for them. Um, that was not in my script, mm-hmm. but that was a moment where God met us in a unique way. And those people, I believe, left that gathering going, wow, like God was present and God personally cared for me in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, 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 why, that's why we want to be structured and we want to say what we need to say. But at the same time, we're seeking him, we're seeking, we're expecting him. And when he comes, if necessary, we forget all about our script um, mm-hmm. to, to respond to his leading. And that's where abiding comes from. Mm. Yeah, that's good. It reminds me of the power of the Holy Spirit to touch people's lives. And God works through the ordinary means. He yep. works through song one into two into three with the scripture reading as we planned it. And he works in those ways that we hadn't thought of, planned for. And um, but at the end of the day, we want the Spirit to touch people's lives, whether mm-hmm. he uses what's on or off the script. And that's our heartbeat. And I think, you know, we've encouraged people, if you're, if you're a planner push in toward spontaneous. If you're spontane- spontaneous, then push in toward the planning. But at the end of the day, regardless of which way you're going or which direction you need to grow into, seek to be a spirit-led, spirit-filled, spirit-controlled and directed leader mm-hmm. and invite the Holy Spirit to saturate your services. It's it's the Lord who changes lives. Well, let's let's talk about the, some practical things as we uh, as we move through this. So we've talked about the fact that having an order and a planned order is great, but we don't want to hold on to it so tightly that we keep God outside behind a locked door. No, God, you can't do this. It's not on the script. That's a bad place to be. Uh, we don't want to do that, but we do uh, want to have it as a flexible guide. Um, Rob, in terms of moving in spon- spontaneity, how does this work with a, a senior pastor in terms of how, how much you do this, how much you push this, how much you allow in a, in a worship set? Yeah, I think this brings up an important conversation where you've got to be on the same page. Like, So for Pat to do that, he must know that Norm is going to be cool with that. Like, if Norm, There's going to be this trust and this like, hey, if the Spirit's going to move and he's going to do this, we're going to make space for this. And whether that means Norm's like, yeah, like the service is going to go 15 minutes more or, hey, I'm just going to trim down my sermon on the fly, whatever that looks like. You would have to have an agreement with your senior pastor. And if you don't, you don't want to start railroading your senior mm-hmm. pastor and doing things and throwing him off. And, you know, early on, I, there were some situations where 
in my previous church early on, I remember I, I don't know why this happened, but one morning uh, he was preaching and I, he, I had planned a song and then I felt like there was a better song to sing. So I ran to my office, I ran, as he's preaching, I grabbed some chord charts, I ran to the booth, told them, and I, as, as I got on the stage, I gave all the sheets to the band, like, we're doing this instead. And I did that, and my senior pastor, the next couple of days after, he was like, don't do that, like, don't do that in the moment. And that's when he said, if the Holy Spirit can inspire you Sunday, he can inspire you Tuesday. So clearly, there was a, you gotta be on the same page, because I don't wanna be throwing off my senior pastor. And some senior pastors love spontaneous stuff. And so you're, and some senior pastors have that kind of allowance. Cool. But some don't. Like in a lot of, a lot of churches, you got a kids' ministry that's going. And your kids' ministries, if you go late five minutes, you know, you've got kids now in the rafters and they're all over the place. And so there's a sense in which you really want to make sure that you're operating within um, your culture and you're operating underneath the guidelines that your leadership has given you. And mm. and then there may be spaces for conversation. So if you're going, hey, I would love to see more spontaneous stuff. Well, start having those conversations. Start reading some books. Start, build trust and have those conversations. But you don't get there by just kind of going off, going off road by yourself. So I would say um, that's got to be an agreed upon thing and... And you've got to be a team, a, a team on this. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I stay uh, build a trust. Uh, ask ask for permission. Like early on in my early days of of being a worship leader with a lead pastor, I would scoot up. Uh, you know, during the you know what? I mean, maybe, maybe it's um, I can't remember how it worked. The, maybe the prayer time or something. I would. I would literally have the band keep playing and have a, a someone who's singing. They would keep singing. I would take my guitar off and whip down to the front and say, hey, I had this thought. Um, and, and I'd say start small. Sometimes it's just real simple things. If, you're, if you want to practice spontaneity, um, practice that, that spontaneous listening moment, start small. And, 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 and then those, those, all those little small things start to go, I, I trust you. You know, to the point where ten years in at Crossway with my lead pastor Tony, um, he he just said, "You do you do you," <laughs> and I I fully trust you, and you you've mm. kind of never taken us off the deep end. So yeah, yeah, that's good. And then you know that you have his blessing, permission. You're in sync together. Yeah, I've even had moments uh, in a church where senior pastors in the front row. I've got good eye contact, and and he just kind of points to himself, and he comes up in the middle of a set. Yeah. And has something to say. And that wasn't planned, but it was something that God impressed upon him to say. Right. And I love that interplay that's like, yeah, let's do that. Mm-hmm. You've, you've got it. And then, you know, back to you. And so uh, I, love, I love the fact that uh, C.J. Mahaney said this. He said, the Holy Spirit helps us plan, but our plans are not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. And that's just such a beautiful, I just think just a beautiful way of putting it. And I was thinking about this as we were preparing just in Acts chapter 16, where the Apostle Paul and, and his two companions were with them, and, and they had this great plan. Uh, they wanted to go to a couple of places, but the Holy Spirit stopped them. It wasn't that he led them, or it wasn't that he let them go. He stopped them from going to a place, and they just they didn't know what to do. But as you trace Acts 16, they ended up getting to Troas, 
And from there to Philippi, and all sorts of things happen. Lydia gets saved. The book of Philippians is written because the church is born. And all of the Acts 16 is talking just about how the Holy Spirit directs our course when we're in mid-step. And maybe that's just a beautiful picture that yes. as we go through our worship service, we're, we're in mid-step and we're inviting the Holy Spirit to stop something, nudge this way, turn that way, mm. go that way, and, um, and just allow him to do and touch people's lives uh, the way he wants. Coughlin, Bob Coughlin said, Spontaneity can help us remember that we gather to meet with a living God and a risen Savior, not simply to carry out our plans. Mm. So let's, uh, let's finish up uh, our episode today by just talking practically about some principles for, for spontaneity in, in worship leading. And um, Rob, why don't you speak to uh, thorough preparation, how thorough preparation is, is really key to what we're saying in terms of growing in spontaneity. Yeah, it's funny. There was this uh, there was this controversy around this episode of The Chosen. I don't know if you guys have watched The Chosen, but it's season two, and it shows Jesus um, practicing and writing out the Sermon on the Mount. And it caused all this uproar because people were like, surely Jesus was so spirit-led that he wouldn't have needed to write a sermon in advance. <laughs> like, you know, and it was just kind of this idea that the Son of God would have done any kind of preparation. And I... You know, surely that's not the way that the the spirit works, right? And it's like I think I think there's a sense in which we do need to study, to train, to strive forward. When it when even when it comes to our spiritual disciplines, we need discipline, we need self control, we need structure to build these disciplines in our lives. This is why Paul says in First Timothy four, rather train yourself for godliness. But then, in on the other side, you know. Bob in Worship Matters in this chapter on page 183, he says, there's nothing sacred about our plans and we shouldn't give them divine authority. So understanding that we're planning something doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, things need to stay that way. It's funny, this week I had a, I had a chat with my senior pastor, Paul Carter, and I was talking about, and we were talking about how a lot of worship guys get very defensive around like, oh, you're, you're taking one of my songs away for mm. this event, or you're taking yeah. it. And we fail, it's like, we will all say, like, yeah, everything that happens in the service is worship. And then, but then when our songs are threatened, we're like, hey, you know, back off of my songs, you know? And it's like, but wait a second, like we're worshiping as we're singing God. We're worshiping if somebody stands up and has an announcement. We're worshiping as we fellowship. We're worshiping in the pre preaching of the word. So let's just make that the focus. And then we'll see when we're not so protective of our order of service, where we're not so kind of like hands gripping it. I think we're going to start a appreciating more all the other things, the the array of colors in the in the order of worship, the beauty of that, and seeing more of the Holy Spirit while not seeing that our plans are so, um, yeah, like legalistically seeing them that way. So preparation yeah. and planning is not the opposite mm. of spirit led, and mm. we're led by the motives and the purposes and the intentions of the mm. Spirit of Christ. Pat, let me ask you, how do, um, how would you say we would grow in hearing the the nudges or hearing the voice and feeling the nudges of the spirit in the middle of a, a, a worship service? How do we grow in bringing that in so that we are, are t attuned, maybe a little more finely tuned to hearing and sensing? Yeah, I, th I think if we, um, if we understand that this is about abiding and about communion, 
I would ask a question to those who are saying, I, I would love to, to, pull, to be spontaneous sometime in a gathering. I would say, is there any moment in any given day in your life where, where you feel like there's a divine interruption? So are you listening to the spirit or are you walking in the spirit? And is there a sense where, you know, you're, you're walking along somewhere and, and you just all of a sudden have a, a sense, I, ne I need to pray for this brother right now, mm. um, or I need to call him right now. Um, you know, is there any of that that's <clears throat> happening on a regular basis? So is, is the, the work of the spirit happening in your life and are you, are you listening and leaning into abiding and communing in a way that that you can say, man, not this isn't something I'm trying to work up on Sunday when I when I lead worship. Mm -hmm. This is right. something that is I'm practicing on a regular basis, and as I practice this, I realize that um, you know, it's it's a really it's a beautiful thing, and 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 God wants to do that when we gather corporately, and He wants to do that in my life on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't expect it to happen on Sunday if it's not happening, if it's not a skill or uh, just an ability that you've developed, maybe not a skill, but an ability that you've developed throughout the rest of the week as you're walking with the Lord. That's a good point. Yeah. I would say that one of the principles that I would say to a team is if if you have something that the Lord nudges you about and it's very difficult to communicate, have a huddle and say, hey, everybody, just stop. We're going to talk to the worship team for a minute and tell what we're about to do. You can't do that. Right. Um, but I have actually developed a signal with my worship team before. So I would literally turn around, you know, I'm still maybe strumming or something, and I'd just do this, which means watch me. And that was like their cue, like, okay, we're, we're going off script here. And I've, I've told them before, if we go off script in this moment, we're about to do something. They don't have a clue what it is. I say, if you know where I am, play along. If you know where I am, sing along. If you don't have a clue what the chords are or you don't know the lyrics to this spontaneous song or moment, pray yeah. And so I just give people permission, the team ahead of time to say, stay with me if you can, support me if you can, you know, pray if you can, or just enjoy the moment if you can. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, I think, puts the team at ease that, you know, they're not going to be hung out to dry and embarrassed or anything like that. If many times when I've been worship, leading worship and that happened, I go, I know where I want to go because I sense the Lord is leading us to do this or say that or sing that. I'm prepared to lead the whole thing in this moment if I have to. And if the bass player goes, yeah, he's still in the key of E, and I know there's a one, four, five, and I know this is going to the minor six, I, I'll play along. It's like, I'll take anybody who's who wants to jump in, <laughs> and uh, you know, eventually we'll we'll leave the detour and we'll get back on the the main path again. Sure. And hopefully that just puts them at ease. And uh, so that's that's something I think is important: signals and uh, just teaching the team. Let's end with this discussion on moments of spontaneity. Maybe take. Uh, two or three things where real practically you would say, here's a moment in a worship set where something might happen, where spontaneity could happen, or when we could almost have planned spontaneity. Rob, why don't you take two or three of those? And Pat, why don't you take two or three? Yeah. And well? a lot of this depends on your liturgy, but so the one first one I'll say, this may be a planned thing you do every week, like kind of like Pat would, but like a moment of confession, a moment of confession of sin, you know, you sing, um, a song like come thou fount and you finish verse two and you've talked about being prone to wander and stuff or if, if that's verse one anyway i think it's verse, verse three that's verse verse three and verse three. you come to the end of that and then you just go hey i don't know if there's any of you out here this morning who who've wandered this week you know and i know i've wandered in my faith i've, I've doubted the lord's goodness and stuff 
let's just take a minute of quiet quiet prayer and let's just let's just confess let's just get it off let's just confess it to the Lord he is faithful to forgive us so let's just confess something like that can be a a spontaneous thing that doesn't need to take that long like I think a lot of the fear we have is we're going to go off eight minutes. Like you don't have to. A lot of these exhortations yep. can be very short. Um, or maybe there's a verse that you're singing the song and bam, it's in your head. And the spirits brought it to mind, right? That's the Holy Spirit's job to remind us of what Jesus said. So the spirit brings up this verse and there's a place to fit it in in a transition. That That's definitely spontaneous. And so again trying to build up people the, the goal is to build up and encourage the saints and to bless the lord if you keep that in mind those those are a very a couple th- easy things that can you know we just kind of it, again and that comes from abiding it comes from being in the word and knowing god's word and memorizing god's word and that's paul Balash will talk a lot about how it's important for us to get the word in us because mm. in those moments of spontaneity <laughs> man we have the scriptures and they're the most powerful thing we can use yeah, I think there's things like, um, you know, you're leading through a song and there's a line in a song that that uh, you just in that moment, the, the, the beautiful thing is the songs we sing are, are teaching, they're instructing, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're the gospel, hopefully. <laughs> there's a clarity of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. And if, if, if my people are like your people or your people are like my people, they're coming into church much more aware of their sin and their struggle than they are aware of a great Savior. So sometimes I'll just take a line and, and I'll just say, we need to sing that again, and we sing it again. And sometimes we sing it three times. Um, and the reason why we do that is because there's a moment where, in a sense, the Spirit is making alive. That is that is the truth. That is the glory of the gospel there. Can you see that? Because you're probably not seeing it. And the very thought that I would have the the desire or the need to repeat that line, because I feel like that's a that's a way that maybe God is speaking to to some specific people that they're not they're not believing that or whatever. So I've done that before. Uh, recently, my son was leading, and uh, he got up to up after the sermon, and he said. Um, uh, it's not up on the screen, but it's an old hymn, and and I just felt like we needed to just start the the response time, and we sang "Great is Your Faithfulness, Great is Thy Faithfulness" chorus, um, and I think he did it once, and then we went in, but there was just a moment that coming out of the sermon, we needed to just mm-hmm. praise God for His faithfulness. You know, we see it His faithfulness morning by morning, new mercies, um, so. Yeah, there, there, there's just so many different ways, but it's, it's leaning in and listening, and, and that's you know whatever we're doing in our plan, we're, we're focusing on that, but we're also saying, God, where, hmm. where, where do you want to, what do you want to do this morning that might be a divine interruption? I think absolutely, and that's one of the things I actually pray in my, my daily prayers too. I said, Lord. Um, interrupt my day you know we go into this our day with the structure and our meetings and our appointments and it's like Lord, do something that's that's not planned right and you have permission to mess with my agenda yeah. uh, the holy spirit is is in control yeah. i think some sometimes one of the easiest things to do as a, as a team doesn't take any planning is just to stop the lord might lead you to be spontaneously quiet and that's the easiest thing to do just don't do anything yeah. sometimes the most powerful moments in a worship set are going to be not singing just listening or praying quietly and inviting people to 
respond to the Lord, to pour out their hearts, or just to listen to what His Spirit's saying. Um, we've talked about what you can say between songs, these little nudges that something should be said or a, um, a line from a song should be highlighted. Did you, did you see that, church, when we sang that? Did you, did you just catch what we just said? Do you realize how powerful God's power is and how deep is His love? I was on a walk this morning listening to a song, and it said, uh, your love is a stronger than mountains, deeper than oceans. And you, know, you might just say, you realize how strong God's power is, how deep His love is? And uh, back on, to my walk this morning, I was listening to this worship song, and at the end of the song, the song was over, but it wasn't over. They extended it for another two minutes, and it was really just singing a chorus. Uh, the band mostly dropped out, and I just thought, that's good, because sometimes the song isn't over. There's still more work for us to do to jump into the song. There's still more work for the song to jump into our lives and to grab us. The Spirit just wants to reinforce those lines, a big highlighter. Did you hear this? I want to say it again to you. I want to imprint this upon your soul. And so my, I guess my exhortation would be, let's not even end songs too prematurely until they're done. Sometimes they're done at the four-minute mark, but sometimes they might need another minute and a half or longer. A couple more goes through another verse to be highlighted just to allow that truth to be to be pushed down into the soil of our hearts. Mm-hmm. Lots of ways, and um, we are excited for you who are leading worship to, to pray and see how God would lead you in your context so that the people would meet with the Lord and the Spirit would have His way. And they would be edified and Christ would be exalted. That's our heart for you. Hope you have been equipped today a little bit and encouraged as we've been talking about these things. Guys, we always end with the last word. Uh, Rob, you get a sentence. Pat, you get a sentence. And I'll get a sentence and a half because I'm at the lead mic today. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I won't take a sentence and a half, but uh, close us out. Rob, what would you yeah, have to say? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I just think of 1 Corinthians 14 kind of ends with talking about outsiders. And when they come in, when they see worship like this, it's powerful. And they fall on their face, and they see that God is the God who He is. So that's what we're we're we're, we're worshiping God. We're encouraging one another. Yeah, but there's also a missional element to our worship, and we want to man. We just want to see people come to know Jesus. So let's just keep that in the front of our minds. Hmm. Uh, I would say uh, the doctor quote: "Seek Him, seek Him, seek Him always." Mm-hmm. Uh, and when He comes, uh, expect Him. When he comes, let him fill you, and if necessary, uh, forget all about your notes and <laughs> forget all about your song, your next song, or your your, your next thing that you need to say in your liturgy. Um, mm-hmm. But have a plan. Uh, abide, abide, abide. Mm. Um, that Good stuff. You, you can't go wrong. Uh, I was just thinking that um, what we think is spontaneous is not. Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, that um, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right. And even even our, our spontaneous moments have been prepared by the <laughs> Lord beforehand. Right. We think they're spontaneous, but he actually planned beforehand that we should walk mm-hmm. in them. So even when God prompts you and leads you into something that you think is spontaneous, the Lord's already got that mm-hmm. figured out. He's yeah. already prepared you to say that. And even when you're doing that, be confident that you are speaking uh, under God's inspiration by the power of His mm. Spirit, what He wants you to say. And uh, I'll end with a, uh, I guess this, that was my one sentence. Here's my half. Um, in the song Hosanna by Paul Balash, um, come have your way among us. This is maybe my prayer for us as we go for all of our churches. Sunday's coming again. There'll be another service just in a little while ahead of us, but come have your way among us. And we know what the next line says, we welcome you here, Lord mm. Jesus. Yeah. Um, 
Lord, come and have your way in our services and the preaching and the music and the prayers and the silence and the fellowship. Uh, we welcome you here. Lord, uh, saturate our services with your power and your presence and the movement of your spirit. I'm going to pray us out and uh, then we'll be dismissed and we'll finish up this one and we'll invite you to come back again next time. So let's pray. Lord, we want to thank you that you are worthy. Mm. Jesus, we lift your name high. And we thank you that, Lord, you've called and gifted us to lead your people to adore Christ. And, Lord, we want to do that. We want to do it well, that, that your people would be edified, that you would be glorified. And so, Lord, as we have just said, come have your way mm. in our services. In particular, Lord, the next Sunday that's ahead of us, we welcome you into our fellowship, into our services, into our times of worship corporately before you. And be glorified and build your people up and draw those who don't know you to yourself. We pray in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. God bless you, everyone. Thanks for joining us for Worship God. We'll see you again next time. Worship God is a production of the Gospel Coalition Canada. For more Christ-exalting resources, go to ca.thegospelcoalition.org.